new kind of series, one that you may not expect to hear in church, which is exactly my favorite kind of series. And I am so very excited to begin this all with you. So welcome to the first of our Holy Ghost stories. Now I'm going to start today's message a little differently. Sorry, Brian. And I'm not going to start with the scripture reading yet. Because this month we are really leaning into our New England love for all things fall flavored. How many of us are super excited for this time of year? Right here, I am living for this. And that does include this fall flavor, the unofficial, very U.S. observance of October's spooky season. So welcome to spooky season. One of my favorite parts of spooky season, and from what I have also heard, this may apply to many of you, is how as the days grow shorter and the nights grow longer, we are more compelled to seek out more cozy activities. Perhaps it's knitting or apple or pumpkin picking. Honeypot orchards, long lines would testify to that. Maybe it's the best place, this this pilgrimage to finding the best warm apple cider donut, and I am definitely taking suggestions. Or it's hay rides or corn mazes, campfires with friends in the cooler evenings, wrapped in blankets and drinking hot cider. And part of that may even include telling ghost stories. So I've been looking into stories of our faith that draw us in, in a way that a good story around the campfire can do. And believe it or not, our biblical texts have a lot of these stories. You can actually have fun with the Bible. Who knew? And this encounter that we're about to hear about Samuel and the Spirit of God is one that has all the elements of a good Holy Ghost story. And a good ghost story or a good spooky story, according to the Kennedy Center, means that it's a story that has all the qualities of another good story, like a main character who has a goal or obstacles standing in the way of that goal, but it also has additional factors, like a spooky setting, a strange or creepy character, there's plenty of those in the Bible too, and a twist or a moment, which all calls to our attention something important about that story, about that moment, whether it's a moral or a lesson or an ethic that is held with a high value of a particular culture or community. Now, we are not unfamiliar with stories like this. Uh, My daughter, in particular, loves reading the original grim fairy tales, which are grim, (laughs) indeed. And they often hold the important lessons of a particular community. For that particular time, in a place filled with strange forests and beasts within, many of these stories remind us to be careful when going out by yourselves at night, or to be 
wary of gifts in the woods. They call our attention to something important, some kind of cultural connection that we need to pass on. Pass on to people new to our culture, pass on to our children, whatever it is. And every culture has their stories. Even Christians have their stories. And there are some cultures, like the Native Americans or the First Nations people of North America, that have stories that can only be told at certain times of the year. Now, in church culture, Christian culture, we also have similar stories and unspoken rules around the different seasons of the church. When do we usually talk about baby Jesus? Christmas. When do we usually talk about the resurrected Christ? Easter. Paul's letters show up whenever they want to. We're working on that. And Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost stories are often relegated to a single day in May known as Pentecost. But did you know that the season of Pentecost lasts over 20 weeks? Well, our worship chair knows. (laughs) But isn't the spirit, isn't she worth so much more than that? Than just one day? She is, after all, a part of the Trinity. An essential concept of that triune God that we've been singing about literally all morning. She's there, and she's part of that source of the divine, that inspiration, the one who sustains us and keeps us close. The Holy Spirit is kind of a big deal, and she shows up and makes her presence known throughout the Hebrew scriptures, in the New Testament's Gospels, and yes, even in Paul's letters, she's there. And lest we forget, Many of the stories, moments, and encounters we read in our sacred scriptures are meant to be told like Holy Ghost stories. They were intended to be heard in a community, not simply read in silence. And yes, this does include Paul's and maybe Paul's letters. For those of you who are new, I am working on my relationship with the Apostle Paul. These stories were intended to be heard, intended to be discussed, heard in community by adults and children alike. The point of these stories is to bring the hearer into the timeline, into the history of our faith to experience what the important figures of the faith experienced, and to then take those lessons of faith and import them into the lives of those who are hearing them. And it's for them to then talk about it, to discuss it, and actively participate in talking back sometimes to the scriptures. Like here, in today's text, about Samuel hearing a voice calling to him, In the dark. And this is indeed a story that teaches us something of incredible value to our faith and our relationship with God. So let's hear 
this retelling of the text, this Holy Ghost story, and let us be brought into it in a different way. Now, the text is up, the original text in the Common English Bible translation is up on the wall. But I want you to hear this in the way in which it may have been intended in the first place. So let us hear of this moment of Samuel, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. It was dark, so dark outside of the temple to God. Now Eli was an old and wise keeper of the Lord's house, but his health was failing. His eyes grew cloudy to the point where he was almost unable to see, and he knew he needed someone he could trust to continue his work serving the one true God. And so Samuel was chosen by God to be his companion, a young man who would be his eyes and to learn the ancient ways of the faith. Now Samuel was just a boy and he was far too young to remember the time when God spoke loud enough for the people to hear their voice. In fact, during this time in ancient Israel's history, it is often said that it is a time when God was actually heard less and less by the prophets, when visions were no longer plentiful among the people, when God's chosen people often wondered aloud to one another, if God was even still there. But on this night, this dark night, things were about to change and change forever. On this night, Eli was laying down. He was far too tired from the day to complete his tasks in the Lord's temple, so he left little Samuel to sleep in the temple and to keep watch over the Lord's lamp, which had not yet gone out. It sputtered and the light cast strange shadows on the wall. Now Samuel knew the temple well. He felt safe there. God, although silent, was known to live in that place. And so Samuel put down his pallet and he quickly fell asleep. As Samuel slept, the shadows cast by the light of the flame grew larger as the flames grew smaller until those shadows took up most of the space and then there was complete darkness as the light faded to nothingness, just as it did every evening. But... Again, something was different this night. Something was there in the dark with Samuel. And then a sound in the dark. Samuel. Samuel. I am here. 
Samuel. At first, Samuel didn't hear it. And so the voice got louder and more insisted. Samuel. Samuel. I'm here. Samuel jumped up. He looked around and he saw that no one was in the temple with him. And so he ran to Eli. He ran to Eli's side, thinking the old man had called for him in the night, too weak to walk to find him in the temple. And so Samuel hurried to Eli and said, I'm here, I'm here. You called me? I didn't call you, a sleepy Eli replied. Go lay down. And so, as Samuel walked through the darkness back to his pallet in the temple, he thought, well, that's strange. I could have sworn I heard someone calling me. And so Samuel again laid himself down, and he fell asleep. Just as he had fallen into a deep sleep again, the voice comes from the darkness, Samuel! I'm here, Samuel, I am here. And once again, Samuel wakes with a start. Again, he looks around in the darkness, the shadows turning it into this inky blackness that he cannot see through. And again, seeing no one, he runs to Eli and he kneels by Eli's bedside and he says, I'm here, you called me? I didn't call you, a now concerned but still tired Eli replies, go back there and just lay down. Now this happened a third time with Samuel hearing a voice calling out from the darkness and again with him waking Eli, but this time, this time Eli realized what was happening. Because you see, it had been so long since God's people had stopped to hear the creator's voice. It had been so long since God had spoken in a way that the people would stop and listen. Many would not have recognized it. But Eli, whose eyes had grown dim, could see things we could not. And he could see and know that this was not just any voice calling the name of young Samuel. In fact, this was God's spirit speaking in the darkness. And Samuel needed to respond. So Eli rises and says to Samuel, go back and lie down. If you hear that voice calling you again, don't run to me this time, but answer it. And when it calls you, say, speak, God, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back and he laid himself back down where he'd been and he waited anxiously in the dark, eyes open, trying to keep himself still, not sure what to expect, wondering, how does one speak to a spirit? Never mind God's spirit. And then it happened. But this time, it wasn't just a voice. It was the Lord who came 
and stood there, but calling just as before, Samuel, Samuel. But this time, Samuel did not run. And instead, he raised his voice in the dark and said, Speak, God, your servant is listening. These are the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So hearing this, what are the lessons of the faith embedded in this story? This is the audience participation part. What are the lessons embedded in this for us here today who are not living in ancient Israel or sleeping in temples, but what are the lessons for us that this story this holy ghost story speaks to us throughout time. I would argue that it's a question in some cases. Has God stopped speaking in our world or have we just stopped listening? Or how important is it for us to listen to the Spirit speaking to us in moments when we least expect it? Perhaps the question, the faith lesson embedded is, are we, the Elis, doing all that we can to instruct one another in the ways we have experienced God moving and breathing? How are we passing the stories of our faith to our youngest or newest followers of Jesus? And how have we heard God calling to us in the night? And that night can be a physical night or it can be a nighttime of faith, as C.S. Lewis calls it, a dark night of the soul. What are the lessons that you hear in this Holy Ghost story. May we always remember this story of Samuel in those moments when we struggle to hear God speaking to us through the noise of the world. Or in those moments when we're scared because we can feel and hear God moving us towards something bigger, something that we can't yet see or understand. How do we respond? How does one speak to a spirit, especially God's spirit? Because God is still speaking. God is still calling to us. And God is ever present with us, even in those moments where we're not sure of what we may have heard or seen or felt. God is there. God is here. God is in the dark and in the light. And God is always calling. How will you respond? Amen. Amen.